What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits, hey, making these flips. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Man, what it do, Sid? Man, week 18, the final week of the NFL season, bro. We already there. We already there. All right, so as always, we're going to start with our New Orleans Saints. Week 17, we welcomed in the Carolina Panthers into the Dome uh, and took care of business. You know, once again, it wasn't. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> the best looking game ever. But we got the win, eighteen to ten, um, and to keep our playoff hopes alive. Uh, so, what did you take away from that game? Man, it's crazy coming into that game. You know, I kept saying how good Carolina defense is, and you know they yeah. just can't score offense, uh, can't score points offensively. But uh, Carolina, they they came in, they even had the lead at halftime, like. You know, it's a low-scoring game, but, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that they really had to lead at halftime by one. But uh, the defense set the tone uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill wasn't careless with the football. We really couldn't get anything going on the ground. They really came in and said, look, we're about to take Elvin Kamara away from y'all as much as possible, find, you know, somewhere else to go with the football. Um, Callaway stepped up. He had one of his better games on the year. Um made a ridiculous catch, a diving catch for a huge first down for us. I think that probably was the longest play of the day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, in a pretty defensive game that that kind of, you know, stood still uh, for a good bit, uh, the defense led the way. Uh, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan had, what, three and a half sacks that game. I think we sacked sacked Sam Darnold a total of six times that game, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, if you look at it on the other side, we're missing three offensive starters, but yet Carolina was unable to get, I think, even one sack on uh, Taysom Hill. He he didn't get sacked at all. So uh, that was the story of the game to me. Both defenses played, um, but one team was able to protect the quarterback and the other wasn't. And 100%, that's what we expected going into it was a defensive battle. Like, you went into Mm -hmm. that game, like you say, praising that Carolina defense, and we already knew uh, what our defense was about. Um, which bothered me early on because because Hubbard was getting a, a good amount on the on the ground early mm-hmm. on against us mm-hmm. and that was yeah. bothering me. I was like that ain't that ain't <laughs> that ain't how we come out and show out. Um, but in the end, he ended up with seventeen carries, fifty five yards. So you know, yeah. it, it that's what it was supposed to be. Uh, like you say, got to Sam Donald seven times. Cam Jordan has been on the tear ever since he came back from missing that yeah. game, uh, yeah. being in the protocol. He, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say they say he had seven sacks over the last three weeks. I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is the most in the league. Um, Cam Jordan, man, we've been he he's been getting a lot of a, a lot of criticism these past two seasons, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. And last season, you know, I was real big on where well, you can't give Trey Hendrickson uh, all the credit for what he's being able to do. And you got Cam Jordan taking up so much attention on the other side. Uh, and this season started out slow for him, but he's definitely picked it up. Um, the, like like you said, these past few weeks, um, the run game, like you said, Carolina came in to stop our run game. For me, I love that Sean Payton never got away from it. He never got to a point to where he was like, let's try to do a little bit more with Taysom Hill. He kept giving the ball to Kamara. Uh, eventually, some big games came out of it. Um, 
But once again, it, that that's that's basically what it came down to. Uh, mm-hmm. That Alvin Kamara t- touchdown is basically what that game came down to. That was the difference in the game. Yeah, and it's crazy how every time Cam Jordan play against Tampa Bay, like no matter what kind of slump he in, once he play Tampa, he wake up and get out of that slump. He had like yeah. three sacks on a year just like four or five weeks ago. And now yeah. here we are today. I think he got 10 or 11 sacks on a year. Yeah. And at first, yeah. like you're looking at him, you're like, wow, Cam Jordan, a pro bowler with only three to five sacks, and they voted him in the in the pro bowl. However, it was Demario Davis who got snubbed. I'm like, how, how you make that happen? And now look at us. A couple weeks later, this man double digit sacks, uh, looking great, like he never missed a beat. Yeah, I'm 100. So, oh, and like you, Callaway, man, that dude, damn, man. It seemed like he'd have a a drop, a boneheaded <laughs> drop, and then come back and make this incredible catch. Catch, He did like yeah. like three times three that game. Up. It was yep. yeah, so that was that was frustrating, but it, it worked out in the end. I'm gonna tell you something that blew me away when I heard it. So you know, drops like receivers, they really don't get a whole bunch of drops on a year. Like you know, you the great receivers mm-hmm. may finish with two, some of them zero. You know, reported yeah. zero. Callaway yeah. already has double digit drops. Like, well, I don't want to say already, but he's ending the year with double digit drops. I think Sunday he dropped his tenth or eleventh pass, and that's a yeah. lot for a guy who really don't get a whole lot of targets. You know what I'm saying? It but, is, uh, and and. And I guarantee you, if Traquan Smith had played just as many games, he'd have as many drops as well. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. So like Deontay Harris seems to be the only for sure catcher that we have, and it's limited, honestly, what we can do with him at that position. Um, but once again, man, we we got out of there with a win. Uh, playoff hope still very much alive going into Sunday. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, Let's turn our attention to the Cardinals versus the Cowboys. Uh, a game that, man, we talked about with like the, both of these games that we about to talk about. Matter of fact, we yeah. talked about last week. And yeah. for two of the teams, I said, which offense are you going to show me? What offense is coming out there <laughs> for the Cowboys? What offense is coming out there for the Bengals? Cowboys went out there with a dud on offense. They, mm-hmm. they couldn't get anything going. Um, Dak Prescott is... <clears throat> you don't want to say you can't give him all the blame for sure. You can't do that, but it's it's a part of he's not looking like the quarterback we saw before he got injured this season, mm-hmm. earlier this season. Um, and we expected him to be able to shake back, and he seems to have some moments like he did uh, what it was last week against the Giants. When they when they went up big on the Giants early on, but that's the deal. yeah, exactly. So you know you get against a respectable defense, and it seems like they can't move the ball at all. You know yeah. until it doesn't matter anymore, or until it's too late. Um, so that's the offense that showed up against Arizona with you know Kyler Murray at quarterback mm-hmm. and Chase Edmonds, and you know we know who Christian Kirk, uh, all those guys, and they they just had a better outing. It's not even like it's not even like the Cardinals did anything crazy on on the offensive side, you know. But they were able to to be more efficient than the Cowboys. Yeah, and and that word that you just said, efficient, and I think that's where it starts. Like like you said, you can't shoulder the whole blame on that. But to me, the Cardinals came in with the same exact game plan that the coach came in with. We're gonna make them earn everything. Keep everything short and underneath. Let them get to the red zone. We cut it up. Let them get three. We're not giving up nothing over the top of C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper not getting behind us. We're not going to let Zeke, you know, bust no crazy run. 
The Cardinals, just like the Colts, for the majority of the game, they loaded the box. They said, we're going to take away Zeke. We're going to take away Pollard. We're going to force you to use your tight end. They, these running backs will catch a couple balls out the out the backfield, but we got some for show tacklers, and we're going to live to see another day. At the end of the day, you always say, in my, like my boy CSA, what I'm going to do with that? <laughs> you guys, <laughs> Zeke, you know, Zeke had the ball uh, nine times for 16 yards. Pollard was yeah. right behind him with th- three carries for nine yards. That That's horrible. You can't get anything yeah. going uh, offensively on the run game. So that automatically turns everything to Dak Prescott. Um, that, Like you said, he necessarily didn't play bad. It's just that their offense couldn't get that rhythm that they're accustomed to having when they're scoring uh, 40, 40 points, you know, the way they were doing yeah. in the beginning of the year prior to, to Dak's injury. So, um, like, you know, n- not taking anything away from the Cardinals. Uh, they played a good game. Uh, they made plays when they had to. It was good to see A.J. Green uh, kind of get in that time machine yeah. and uh, put that double move on Diggs downfield. Should have been a <laughs> touchdown. He got short thrown. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the Cardinals, D showed up, man. They they played uh, them, but don't break, and they got the job done. And and when we talk about the Cowboys and them being successful over over this second half of the season, it's been relying on their defense. You look mm-hmm. at the you look at the stat sheet, and the first thing you notice is, man, they didn't force a turnover. Yep. And that's the difference. Because once again, me and you, we get on here and we agree every week. No, Dallas does they have a great defense, but they're very opportunistic. If they mm-hmm. can force it, if they can get their hands on the ball, they're gonna take it yep. and they're gonna go the other way with it. Yep. Arizona played real safe with the football. They didn't turn the football over, and they were able to to shut out that offense basically for most mm-hmm. of the game. Yep. Now on the opposite end of that, you got Chiefs Bengals. Ooh, Ooh. they went wow. out there and they yeah, and they, they put up all kind of points, you know, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Uh, what is it that you saw and liked about that game right there? So the old football man in me, bro, like I get so excited for these games because here you got one team that's already everybody know what they're known for. Stop us if you can. Defense starting to gel together at the end of the year. They got some of their players back. And here's this this young team that's hungry. They got all this fantastic guys on offense. You got Trey Hendrickson on this defense. That's double digit sacks. You got a veteran in Ryan Bell. You got all these good pieces, and you're like, man, just play a good game. I don't think a lot of people expected Cincy to win that game. Everyone just wanted a good, hard-fought game. Yeah. Blink of an eye, the Bengals down 14 nothing. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, come on, man. For, you know what yeah. I'm saying? This offense is so explosive. You guys just had a great showing uh, last week, and now we get here and we just, we just slumped. We can't do yeah. anything. And I was like, you know, I told myself, I said, you know, they've been using Joe Mixon less and less and less in the running game, and they're trusting Joe Burrow with the football. And I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's necessarily good for the Bengals right now or not, because, like, we know Joe Burrow's the most sacked quarterback in football, but they were able to pull it off and come back, man, big play after big play. I remember, I think I texted you and Shabazz, and I said, I need, I need um, Jamal Chase immediately. I need him tested immediately after the game. <laughs> immediately, bro. Like immediately, this man was clowning, bro. This man had me calling everybody I know. Hey, man, please tell me you just saw this man, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like he was getting all yeah. even people. But uh, it was yeah. exciting game. But uh, it was the same thing with, with the Chiefs. You know, um, very on the rushing side, of course. Everyone two safeties deep. Um, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill just could not find rhythm. Um, they allowed the Chiefs to run the ball. Like, look, if you're gonna run, we're gonna give that up, and we, you know, we're gonna live the fight another day. But you're not getting deep on us. You're not. You're not about to get behind us. 
And that was the defense that, you know, the Chiefs are accustomed to seeing. But I must say, I, I just love the way Joe Burrow performed. Um, almost 500 yards. Passing, or did he get five? 446, four touchdowns, 446, uh, yeah. and he spread it the ball all around. To me, that was the biggest part of it. He got seven to eight guys involved, I want to say. So, I mean, shout out to them. Um, down 14 nothing against a good team in the Chiefs, and they were able to come back and get that W. So I'm going to say this. Like, between Joe Burrow and, Tra- uh, well, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs offense and the Cincinnati offense, they really played a similar game. The difference mm-hmm. in the game was the fact that Jamar Chase was able to make these unbelievable Ridiculous plays play. that, yeah, that wasn't being had on the Chiefs Tyree, side. Because you just said that he made Tyree Kill plays. That's what he does. You you just said that about you know the Chiefs off. Uh, I mean about Joe Burrow being able to find seven, eight different receivers. Patrick Mahomes did the same thing. The only yeah. difference is the the only difference is the Bengals number one wide receiver went for two hundred and sixty six yards. And might I add, it's not like it was against bad coverage because a lot of those catches he made were tough. It was tough coverage. Yeah. He just yeah. went up there and he made the better play. Um, mm-hmm. Man, we've seen this guy all season, man. He's consistently been a, a, a big threat and he just seems like he's getting better. Um, and once again, this is, like you said, a week after 500 yards from Joe Burrow. Um, and to me, my favorite thing about Cincinnati's offense is they have that run game that they can rely on some weeks. You know, you can you can get a hundred yards out of Joe Mixon if you're going to feed him. But now you have this Jamar Chase who's able to go out there and get you a hundred yard game with ease on most weeks. But you also have T Higgins, who's a big body who's going to go up there and come down with the football and he makes big plays at big moments too. Yeah. Um, I just wish that offense was more consistent which is what we talked about last week, which is why I took the Chiefs in this game. But, man, that was that was one hell of a game. That was one hell of and a I, game. And I think the reason why they failed to be consistent against, like, even the powerhouse defensive teams is simply because they can't protect Joe Burrow. Like, he's your best yeah. player. He got some yet, four times yeah. yeah, but you can't protect him. I don't care how good a quarterback is. We saw it in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. We knew what it was like uh, when we didn't have the, the, the best line when we first got Drew Brees. You know, all these – Historic quarterbacks, Tom Brady, when the Broncos uh, beat him in a conference uh, championship, pressure, pressure, pressure. If you can get pressure on these quarterbacks, you know, they tend to look a little different no matter how good they are. And uh, that's the only thing to me that hold the Bengals back is that they can't protect Joe Burrow. Yeah, 100%. And once again, I'll never let this go. I I feel like they should have took Sewell uh, in last year's draft because wide receivers are – that, you know, they're more, you know, you can get a good wide receiver most of the time. Uh, offensive linemen are way harder to come by. Um, yeah. would this, uh, this offense would be less explosive, but it'd still be an explosive offense. But you can't, at this point, you can't argue with them taking Jamar Chase. You can't. I was just know? about to say that. Yeah, yeah you we, can't. We, we agreed that they, they definitely should have went online uh, versus yeah. receiver in the draft. But after seeing how Jamar Chase come along, I, I'm going to be straight up honest. Like, this dude, to me, right now, like, I'm just judging by what I see, not the last three years combined and all this good stuff. If if I looked at Tate and it was my first time seeing every receiver for football, he would probably be a top three, top four receiver this year. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, so before we start talking about Week 18 and all the, um, all the playoff uh, stipulations of this weekend – we got to touch on Antonio Brown, which I, I hate to do because this dude been 
getting under my skin for three years now, and I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how we still allowing him to do this. I, I, I don't. I don't understand. It's been three years. It's, it's been three years. Uh, I. He's one of those players. There's a few players that just get under my skin anytime I see them. Now he's he's one of them. Kyrie is another one. Like I just I can't do it. Um, but we all saw what happened on Sunday, uh, late in the third quarter, late late in the third quarter, in a game that Tampa Bay was losing. Uh, Antonio Brown decided to make a dramatic exit uh, and head for the locker room shirtless uh, and uh, doing doing jigging in the end zone, as I say. I say he was jigging in the end zone on his way out. Oh, man, what... I don't want to harp on this too long. We've had conversations about it already, and we know how that conversation can go. But just what's your opinions on... I don't even know if I should ask on what happened, but more so, <laughs> where does it go now for Antonio Brown? I, I We've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with many people. Nothing about it. And it's sad to say, I guess, but I'm just a realist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I take people for what they show me. I take people for who they are, what they known for doing. It necessarily didn't shock me. Like, when you see it, you're like, wait, what? He quit in the middle of a game? Nah, that can't be right. And then you see it, you hear about it, you're like, huh, makes sense. Like, I don't even have to really dig too deep into it. I really felt like if he felt like he wasn't getting the ball enough or they were keeping the ball away from him so he would not reach his incentives, that's enough to make Antonio Brown do something like that. Um, I can't necessarily say if he's right or wrong simply because he has the right to do that. Now, there's consequences that come with that, right? So do he play football again? I think not. Uh, If he did, I think that, you know, it's only two or three teams that uh, would be willing to take on um, Antonio Brown, uh, given the situation. Um, The Green Bay Packers, we know how their season's always end. Everybody D up uh, Adams. He has nowhere else to go with the football. They lose. Um, if anyone was to take a shot on Antonio Brown for the remaining of the year, to me, it would be the Buffalo Bills or the Green Bay Packers. Outside, and when I say chance, we're talking 1%. <laughs> Let me just make that <laughs> clear. Um, but outside of that, I couldn't imagine another way Antonio Brown could play another down in football. I just don't. Like, we know how to easily blackball players for less. You quit in the middle of a game on the road, we losing. You say it was an ankle injury. We saw you jumped up and do three backflips. You pumped up the crowd as you were leaving. I, I mean, I just don't. But I'm not shocked because it's A.B. And like I told you, if you tell me Marvin Harrison done this, Jerry, you know, I, I hate to go that, you know, to that degree. Marcus Coaster. Yeah. A guy who's known for keeping his temper calm, well-mannered. If you tell me he did, I'm, I'm shocked. But this A.B. is like, what can he do at this point that, that can blow you away, you know what I'm saying, to make you be like, yeah, oh, man. you know what I'm saying. So uh, I'm not like commenting on it, saying if it's if it's right or wrong because I, he has the right to do that. He didn't break any law, but do he ever play another down in football? I don't think so. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I'm not gonna say right or wrong because once again, you you can do whatever you want to do, especially somebody in his position. So I'm just going to stick to the word unprofessional. Was it unprofessional? 100% that's unprofessional. Um, mm-hmm. I can't even lie. It shocked me. Not that he did what he was doing, but the reason behind it. So I got the Red Zone channel on and I got it down because I'm, you know, focused on another game and I see it. 
I'm like, man, did he get thrown out? I thought he got thrown out of the football game, and that's how he reacted to it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But then to find out that he just, you know, bolted out in the middle of a football game, that was that was kind of wild to me. Um, I'm with you. I don't think he plays again. Um, it does seem like, like you say, there are some teams that might have been desperate enough to to take a chance on him as soon as it happened or right after it happened Monday. They were looking at it like he might be worth taking a chance on. Uh, Dallas and Kansas City are teams that I had heard tied to him. Um, but by the time you get to Thursday and he things are still unfolding, by that point you're like, well, man, I can't I can't do nothing with you. Um, yeah. If not for more, if, if no, even if somebody was willing to put aside the things that he did on Sunday, to me, the ankle situation is now something where you're like, well, I don't want to touch that now because now you're telling yeah. me you got to have a serious surgery exactly. on your ankle. Yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. even it's- if somebody was willing to put aside his actions. Now your injury is gonna keep you from ever, you know, getting back. Now you get you're gonna be 34 next season. It's not it's not it's no longer worth the risk. And not only that, the circus that come behind it. You feel what I'm saying? The the yeah. folks for that prospective fan base, oh, I'm not watching football anymore as long as he's there, blah, blah, blah. The whole all that good stuff. The media yeah. asking you about it every single day yeah. and just the weight, you know, team, that, that asking holds the over fans about it every day. You yeah, know? it just becomes even a bigger distraction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially for, like you say, the teams that would be interesting, interested mm-hmm. are contenders. We can't yeah. have that going on right now while we trying to go win the title. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just just had to tackle that in some in some type of aspect uh, yeah. during today's show. Um, so let's look forward to week eighteen. Okay. Um, Already here for one, like that it, it got here quick. But the last week of the season, you always want to see games that matter. So this week, man, we got we got a ton of games that matter, either for seeding or getting into the playoffs in general. Um, yeah. the only team that has their spot locked up completely is the Green Bay Packers. That's mm-hmm. the only team that can say, win or lose, we're gonna be in the same position uh next week. So mm-hmm. um everybody else is playing for something. So let's start with our Saints. Um, we got the Atlanta Falcons uh, on the road, and we are four and a half point favorites. What is it hey. that you're looking for? Oh, and we already know who's listed as out because I sent you that mm-hmm. earlier. Looking at no Toronto Armstead, no Bradley Roby, no PJ Williams, which is a very short list compared to what we dealt with this second half of the season or the season yep. in general. So, uh, what is it? Oh, okay. Davenport is questionable. I thought he was already yeah. rude. Yeah, yeah, he's questionable. Um, I would have to take Atlanta in this one, and I'm gonna tell you why. Well, first, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: how I think the game gonna go. I think we hold Atlanta under 13. No, I'm gonna say we hold them under under. Good. I'm gonna say maybe we definitely hold them under 20. I'll put it that way. We hold them under 20. Okay. Um. I think Cam Jordan continues his streaks of getting another sack. I think the defense puts forth uh, a great effort. I think we do a better job on uh, Cardell Patterson this game. Um, I just like the, the Saints' chances. And long as Sean Payton don't get past happy with Taysom Hill, long as you tell me Taysom Hill threw the ball 25 times or less, 
uh, and we not just out here turning the ball over. Taysom Hill has been a, has been doing a much better job than um, controlling the clock, not putting the ball in harm's way, not giving it away, things of that nature. So if you tell me that we're going to have the typical offensive game, Taysom Hill drops back 25 times, Taysom Hill runs the ball 10 times, Elvin Kamara runs the ball 15, 20 times, so forth and so on, I can't see the same struggling with the Atlanta Falcons. But I'm taking the Falcons simply because every time I go against the Saints in the spread, <laughs> uh, the game, you know, every time I agree that the Saints will cover, the Saints wind up losing. Playoff game, I can't chance it. So I'm taking the Falcons so the Saints can prove me wrong. Who that? So you taking the Falcons to I'm taking win. the Falcons. You taking I'm them to win? Win. They're going to beat them. Yep. <laughs> All right, Let's so let me safe. be more. <laughs> let me come through with the more realistic takes here. Okay, so every time, every time I don't, I it, every time I, I bet, every time I uh, say they're gonna cover, they lose. So I, I ain't doing it soon. All right, so when we saw them week nine, uh, we lost twenty-seven to twenty-five. Trevor Simeon was the starting quarterback. Um, Cordell Patterson had a good game against us, receiving wise, running wise. There wasn't mm-hmm. nothing there. Mike Davis went nine for 13. Uh, mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson went nine for 10. So I expect that to be the same. I expect our run defense to be what it's been every game. Like, I, I don't expect anything uh, different with that. Um, Cordell Patterson ended that game six catches, 126 yards. I don't think that's going to be the case. Like, I don't no. I don't see that happening again. So if you're telling me that our run defense – is going to be our run defense and our pass defense is going to be uh, the focal point of the Atlanta offense um, with only Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, honestly. Um, I think that, man, 27-25 was the final score last game. Uh, I don't think it gets up that high this game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> once again, I think uh, this is a team that can be ran on. So, of course, come Kamara is going to get a lot of touches this game. Um, him and Ingram combined uh, finished with about 100 yards last time we played them. Um, probably, I, I would think that it would probably be a little more than that this time around, especially when you add the threat of Taysom Hill running the football as well. Um, I think I'm going to look at it just like the Carolina Panthers game. We came out of that game with an 18-10 victory. I can see this one being a 17-10 victory uh, against Atlanta, uh, maybe 17-13. And if I give them that, then, of course, you know, they they um, they come in under that four and a half. So, um, you know what? I'll, I'll take I'll take Atlanta to, to come in under that. I, I, I got 17-13. Saints win, but Atlanta does not – end up getting beat by more than four and a half. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, So if we do what I said and we end up winning that game, then we're reliant on this next game, the 49ers and the Rams. Uh, The Rams are four and a half point favorites uh, in this game. The Rams have to win this game or they lose the NFC West. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll go first on this one. Uh, the 49ers have looked a whole lot better the second half of the season. There's, uh, ever since Kittle actually got healthy, um, Debo Samuel had, you know, got back a few weeks ago. Elijah Mitchell played last week. Um, 
they they're getting healthy at the right time, honestly. Um, yep. in a lot of aspects. Their defense hasn't been what we thought their defense would be this season. Um, especially when it comes to secondary. When it comes to their secondary. Um, Cooper Cup has been the number one wide receiver in football uh this season. So they're definitely gonna have their hand filled with him. But also Tyler Higby looking like a, a, a good tight end this season. And then you got uh, Odell Beckham um, looking better now that he's out of the situation he was in in Cleveland. Um, and honestly, Van Jefferson has looked a lot better ever since Odell has gotten there too. Um, I don't see this being a shootout. I don't think the 49ers can afford to try to get into a shootout with the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford has his moments where he makes bonehead mistakes, but um, I don't think that he's going to put them in a position to where uh, they're falling behind to the 49ers. I think the Rams really control this game. I think they use this as a momentum game. They try to gain some momentum, you know, going into the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> four and a half, I'll take the Rams. I'll take the Rams to to win by at least a touchdown in this football game. I'm right there with you. Um I think the Rams going to run the football a lot. Biggest thing for me is that uh, Trey Lance is going to be uh, starting this game. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. At this point, I have to believe that Jimmy is a better passer, a better decision maker than Trey Lance. Yeah, we know no. Trey is more gifted with his feet. Um, but we know how serious that that Rams front four can be. Uh, I would actually take the Rams uh, by 10, actually, this game. Um, just given that they're still playing for something. Um um, it's two things I can't ignore. One, San Francisco defense has dramatically improved from what they look like at the beginning of the year. Anytime a team loses their D.C. in the offseason, you're not sure how that unit would look. They started the season yeah. very sluggish. They're getting back healthy. Um, you know, they just look like a better, better unit now. And um, I can't ignore the mistakes that Matthew Stafford has been uh, making these past couple weeks. Uh, he's basically just been literally giving the ball away to the other team. So, I can kind of see, you know, it being closed for a scratch. The game kind of stayed with the same score for, for a quarter or so. But I just couldn't see Trey uh, holding a game for two two quarters to justify yeah. San Francisco lead or, you know, battle with uh, with, with Matthew Stafford for that long. Um, given uh, another reason how great the Rams defense is as a whole, like even in the secondary. Uh, we know how great Debo has been this year, but – at any point, you know, Jalen Ramsey gets on him, he's going to neutralize him, you know, somewhat. So uh, I, w- I would take I would take the Rams actually by 10 this game, uh, given everything. Yeah, and I was just about to say, I say at least seven, but I, I, I honestly think that this is going to be a statement game mm-hmm. for the Rams. I think that mm-hmm. they're going to, and like, like you said, the the um, Trey Lance aspect of it, that that falls into the hands of, of the Rams when you got Aaron Donald, you know, coming through there and you got Jalen Ramsey, like you say, Darius Williams, those guys waiting mm-hmm. for Trey Lance yeah. to make a mistake. Um, so, yeah, we we both looking at that game exactly the same. Another um, thing I would add, too, though, about the Rams is not only Stafford's uh, ability to not turn the ball over, uh, they also have no run game, like zero. And it's starting to show, like, Guys are break a run here, break a run there, but the, that system is built off of play action, bootlegs, things like that, and it opens up the deep shots or whatnot. But everything gets tighter when teams know you can't run the football, and uh, they yeah. just they simply can't do it right now. Um, 
So let's look at Washington versus the Giants. The Giants mm-hmm. are plus seven. This is uh, one of those games that don't have any playoff implications to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how, how do you how are you looking at that one? I expect the Giants to close out the the year the same way they've been all year long, and that's sorry. Um, what they completed? What what a, what under ten passes or something like that last game? Five six something yeah. ridiculous. Um, that that's pathetic, man. Washington defense hasn't been, yeah. yeah, it hasn't been great all year long. Um, but I do expect their front four uh, to have one of their better games this year. Um, given that Taylor Heineke do what he do, uh, he's played way better uh, the second half of this year than he did the beginning. And only if the defense could have caught up with him. Yeah. Maybe they could have put something together. Maybe they could have went on the run like the like the Eagles did, but it just never happened. That defense is is so bad, and it's just it's so sad because you know all the talent that they have. But um, the Giants just don't have anything to threaten no one with. Uh, I just will put my trust in the better quarterback this game, and I'm going with with uh, with Washington. I'm right there with you, Heineke. Um, man, I, I I've been a fan of his since last season, since the end of last season. Um, it's hard for me to see a situation where next year he's not their quarterback unless they somehow stumble into one of these superstars, which I don't think they'll be able to do. Um, <clears throat> so I think he gets another year uh, to prove himself as their quarterback. But as it stands right now, like you said, there's nothing good about the Giants going on. Uh, <clears throat> Mike Lennon being their quarterback right now, you look at the injuries they've been dealing with all year. Um, the offensive line is still no good. Um, yeah, it's hard. And like you say, if Washington's defense could have ever uh, caught back, caught up to what the offense was able to put out, this would have been a different season for Washington. I had them winning their division at the beginning of the season. Um, Me too. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on this one. I got Washington. Okay. What we got next? Bengals versus Browns. The Browns are minus six. Uh, you can give me the Bengals. I don't care who go out there for quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I for one, the Browns have struggled offensively damn near this whole season. Whether Odell was there, Odell wasn't there. They lost Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for a while, and of course that hurt them. Um, Baker Mayfield has is going to go ahead and have surgery since they're out of the playoffs, so he's not even suiting up uh, to be out there Sunday. And if Baker, even if Baker played, I probably would have still took the Bengals, but with him not playing. Uh, I'm still taking the Bengals once again. I know Joe Burrow isn't going to play. Uh, I'm quite sure. Uh, I know Joe Mixon is out uh, as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I'm quite sure those guys don't play much. Um, mm-hmm. And I still and I'm still taking the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> right there with you. Uh, one thing I do have to ask you though. You you know I've how I felt about Baker for a very long time. Um, yeah. I gave up hope, gave up the ghosts and, and everything else with Baker Mayfield. Um, do you still feel like he can be somewhat of a franchise quarterback? Do you still feel like he's worthy to invest, invest in, I would say, for the next five years if you're the Browns? Yeah, okay, see, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, too. I was going to ask you if you were referring to the Browns as an organization or any organization. If yeah, it's the, the Browns, Browns I'm still going to have to say yes because what is give me the better option at this point? You know, so we're talking about, I think I th- they picked up his fifth year option, so they still have him for another year without actually having to pay him any big money. 
Um, I said the next five years. Yeah, and I'm just saying for next year, he has to be your quarterback. Now, if you tell me that he has a year like he had this year or the Browns as a team has a year like they have again next year and it's a better quarterback draft, 100% justified to go ahead and find you another quarterback. But at this, like if if there wasn't a fifth year option that you had to pay him or let him walk this year, I said if you're Cleveland, you got to pay him. Um, this isn't you could do a whole lot worse at this point, and there are definitely places uh, within your receivers. Uh, and honestly, <clears throat> at this point in your offensive scheme, where you can see where improvements can be made that will make him uh, look better and be more efficient. So, yeah, and I you honestly got to roll with it. I honestly don't blame the scheme. I blame the player, and that's Baker Mayfield. I honestly do. I really do think if Baker Mayfield was better that this system would be just as good as any other run-first offense. We'll be looking at uh, maybe a lesser version of, of the Titans. Uh, and, and that says a lot because look how Ryan Tannehill has still led that team to victory, um, even without Derrick Henry. You know, we all say that that season was over. And yet we look up and what they top five right now in the AFC, top four maybe, something like that. I know they're on a – in the a, uh... They may still. I think they still have a chance to be the number one seed. Honestly, really. In the AFC, I know, I know, they, yeah. I know they went on a streak, a winning streak. But yeah, uh, right now I they're think, currently the number one seed. Yeah, they the number one seed as of right now. Yep. Wow. So I mean, if if Ryan Tannehill and the Titans can can do it in this run first offense that we all know Derrick Henry made. He lose Derrick Henry, and they're still somewhat able to, to use play action and get some type of productivity out there running backs. Now, I will give you this. I feel like it's unfair to assess Baker Mayfield right now in a situation where not only Nick Chubb has been banged up, but also um, Kareem Hunt. Um, yep. Now you're on dangerous territory because Baker has always been a run first, run second. He's always been in that style of offense. Um, but moving forward, I know Cleveland are going. They, to me, they're going to resign him. Like you said, it's the smart yeah. thing to do. You look at the draft. I don't obviously know a lot about college than like you do, but for what I hear, there's not a lot of quarterbacks coming out that people are wild about. Um, and then what Cleveland is drafting, even if they exactly. were three, they wouldn't be there when they pick. However, I'm just not a fan of paying guys a whole bunch of money and I, that I don't have faith in. I'm just not a fan of that. Um, but Baker Mayfield, he just doesn't do it for me. He he just don't. Like, I just I just don't see it. The decision-making is not there. He doesn't get through progressions fast enough. Uh, and then his accuracy more than anything. He's so inaccurate to me. Sure, he has a strong arm. Jason Hill has a, strong, has a strong arm. But he's not accurate with the football. And that's the thing that concerns me more than anything. Like, I've never seen him grow for a strong, accurate ball. So becoming more and more accurate. So when it comes to him, like, so I know you say you wouldn't want to pay him much. I, I couldn't justify paying him Josh Allen money. I couldn't justify paying him what Lamar Jackson is going to be seeking because he hasn't done anything near what those guys have accomplished thus far. Um, You spoke on, you know, giving him a little leeway with, you know, the running backs and them going down on him. I think you got to give him some leeway with his receiving core as well. Um, even if you don't bring up whatever went on with him and Odell, uh, if Jarvis Landry is your number one receiver, you're not in a good position. 
uh, in this NFL. Um, and for his other receivers to be Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I can't even give you another one after that. Um, those aren't that isn't a, a good wide receiving core. You gonna see. dispute that? See, we just brought up Ryan Tannehill. This man was out Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and AJ Brown, but yet number one in the whole AFC. Once again, and and, and I was gonna bring up your comparison to Ryan Tannehill too, because Ryan Tannehill, his first three years is exactly what Baker Mayfield was. The mm-hmm. exact same thing. What we mm-hmm. seeing out of Baker Mayfield is exactly what we saw out of Ryan Tannehill while he was still in Miami. Ryan Tannehill didn't have a great defense and two great running backs behind him, though. He didn't. Tannehill, he, right, no, he I'm, talking, I'm speaking on him as a passer. I'm speaking on okay. him as a, you're saying that he has a strong yeah. arm. He isn't that great, you know, once he gets past that first progression. Some of his throws are inaccurate. That was Ryan Tannehill. That's the same player. So, yeah. you know, once again, we throw these guys in. As soon as they get out of college these days, and, you know, they got to learn on the job. If, you know, there's still time for Baker Mayfield in in yeah, in those regards. Still more time, yeah. I and I think that even in these first, well, this year, you know, without the injuries and with a more talented offensive group, I think he'd be better. He has a great offensive line, but like I say, once you get to his receiving core, and then once you take away his running backs, then you're looking like, well, you know, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. And I, I just, you know, to me, the NFL, you got jobs on the line. You ain't got time to give a guy two and three years to do this and figure this out. And, I mean, he he's already had those years. And, I mean, it's the same story with every team in the NFL. Like, you look at the New England Patriots, who still to this day don't have a quality receiver on a team. Uh, tight ends that they spent all their money on was supposed to change life. Absolutely nothing. But, yeah. I wouldn't say absolutely nothing. I, I wouldn't go that far. It, what has the tight ends done this year? I think Combined. Hunter Henry had I, – I saw a stat the other day. I think Hunter Henry has, like, 89 catches this year with zero drops. Like, that. that's all the difference right there, especially when you can't rely on the wide receivers that they have. Like, that's that's crazy. I actually saw that stat the other day. Hunter Henry has 45 catches for 517 yards this year. Forty-five catches, five hundred seventeen yards. So forty-five catches, no drops. Um, how many touchdowns? Um, nine, nine touchdowns. That's not worth the money. I'm just saying that's not changing life. Like we got to get in the end zone. He's not that's, busting me. Wait a minute, that is changing life because remember what their offense was last year. Tell me which receiver on their team last year had five hundred yards. Tell me See. which one had five touchdowns. <laughs> See, so, so, so no, no, answer my right, question. So another Tell me which one so had five hundred yards. Tell me which one had five touchdowns. Because you saying oh. it's not changing life, oh. but we saw what they were last year, right? You remember what right. they were last year. Mm-hmm. I just want to pull it up just to just to just to make sure that uh that I'm I'm giving you accurate. Come on now, pull it on up for me. Giving you accurate information. Uh, Mark has Callaway for us. Uh, he okay. leads. He leads with six touchdowns for us. Now he mm-hmm. has forty-six catches for six hundred ninety-eight mm-hmm. yards and six touchdowns. Those six touchdowns are tied for twenty-first in the NFL. But because he mm-hmm. has more receiving touchdowns than anyone on the team, is he changing life for us? Does he have more touchdowns than anybody had for us last year? 
That's no, my question. Because like, you said it's no, changing. You said it's changing life. So that means what? What it's was the difference changing. between what they did last year and what they did this year? Right. See, see, they. What was the New money, England's offense last year? What was New England's was offense last year? It was horrible. Just like it's Do horrible. Yeah, yeah, we disagree. I don't think they have a horrible offense. No, they don't have a standout. They don't have that number one receiver that you're going to look at and say, yeah, that's the guy for them. But between yeah. everything that they added, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, John Lou Smith, uh, nothing, nothing, the, nothing, nothing. Ramondre Stevenson, like between those guys, that offense has been way better than what it was last year. And obviously it's good enough to have them in the position that they're in. First of all, we can't ignore how good the defense is, right? What, defense. 100%. Now, not a top five defense, but it is a good defense. Okay. So now if you're going to tell me money well spent, like I'm just saying Hunter Henry wasn't and Junano Smith wasn't. They also acquired Judon. Um, what's my boy? Uh, Matt, what's his name? Uh, Matthew uh, Judon. Ma- Matthews yeah. from uh, Pitts- Pittsburgh. Matt- no, Matthew Tim- Judon yeah. from Baltimore. 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 I'm sorry. From Baltimore. Yeah. Life-changing for the defense. Is he one of the better edge rushers in all of football? No, but because you were so bad last year, that is, he has been a guy that wins one-on-one for them. Do he show up every single week? No, but given the situation, he can win one-on-one matchups. We have a guy who we feel like we trust to get to the quarterback. Is if you ask New England if they can get that money back from Hunter Henry and give that and go with some other tight end for less money, what would they do? And I'm almost guarantee you certain they would. For the first time in probably 15 years, outside of Tom Brady's greatness, when he really became Tom Brady, New England is now known for running the football. That is what New England does well. They run the football. Mac Jones is not out here. Throwing. I'm sorry. Mac Jones not what? He's not out here throwing for 300 yards. Some games he barely reached 200, but he's very accurate with the football. So we can run this football, we can play action and rely on defense. And that's the only thing I'm going back to Baker Mayfield. Great as the run game was the last couple of years, great as the defense have. You get a you got a defensive player of the year candidate the last two or three years on this defense. Baker Mayfield is still inaccurate, and he had a great receiver in Odell Beckham. Say what you want. That Odell got to take some blame and all this and that. We know what Odell was prior to, to coming over there, and the damn show wasn't Odell. Odell we saw in Cleveland. So what I'm saying but is, is that Baker Mayfield or is that Odell Beckham? What? Like y'all, did you? Y'all keep trying to tell me that's Baker Mayfield, but did you once see, again, Odell did you, Beckham spent three years in Cleveland. Did you see the video or not? I saw the video. All right. I've so seen, I've seen Odell Beckham as a Ram too. It don't look much different to me. What you mean? So you telling me Odell Beckham looks like he looked three, four years ago when he was a giant? Hold on. You, you just Beckham talked about like, like when he was a giant. Hold, hold on, hold on. You just gloated about nine touchdowns, and I could tell you outside of the first game that Odell was traded there, he scored a touchdown in every single game since he'd been there. Okay. Is that not quality or what? How you probably Once had again, three? He probably had, Odell you saw in New York because that's what no, you're telling me. You no, telling me that he wasn't that old? He wasn't the old dad that he was in New York and Cleveland. He's still not that Odell. So no, that's see, not one hundred percent Baker fault. See, when he first got to Cleveland, he was still Odell. No, he old. was not. No, he was not. He what was happened? not. He, he got on the plane. 
So he got he got on the plane and decided he didn't want to play football no more. That's what happened. When he got on that plane and he got traded, in the midst of him being in the sky, he said, I'm going to drop all my talent out this plane and, I'm, and I won't be great no more. That's what you're saying that happened? You go back and look at Odell Beckham's first season with Cleveland. You tell me if that was the same Odell that was in New York. To this day, I still think Odell is still one of the better receivers in football. I know I you feel- do, and that's why we're having this argument, because I disagree, because what have you done for me lately? And what yeah. and you want to try to blame that on Baker? I can't. I can't blame okay. that 100% on Baker. So okay. uh, some right. of that is Odell. Very little. I, I didn't say all, but... You want to tell me he got five <laughs> touchdowns in five games or whatever the case may be? How much does that have to do with Cooper Cup being on the other side of him? He had two great running backs in, in Cleveland and couldn't catch a ball. How much does that have that? to do with Cooper Cup being on the other side of him? What does that yep. have to do Just with answer Cleveland? my question, Red. Hold Just on. Just answer what, my question, Red. What does How much does that have Cleveland to do with Cooper Cup being on the other end of him? Hold on, see. Listen, just hear me out for a second. Go answer my question. Hear me out. You Cooper, Cooper Cup gonna have Cooper Cup gonna have two thousand yards. It has Cooper Cup has been great. It has a lot to do with it. But this is what I'm saying. Cooper Cup is gonna have two thousand yards receiving this year. Combined, Kareem Hutt and um, what's my boy name? Um, and and Nick Chubb had two thousand yards combined rushing or so. Last year. Yeah, last year. It's the same difference, I'm saying. It's not the same difference. It's 100% not the You know it's not the same difference, Reg. You know damn well that ain't the same difference. I see it. That's the same difference, Reg. See That's it. the same difference. You is got it, the best wide receiver in the NFL sitting on, on the opposite side of you. See it. See it. Listen to me. In a run-first offense. I don't know how we got here. Where, where did I we know, start? This is all I'm going to say. About Odell Beckham, but we shouldn't be talking about Odell Beckham. This is all I'm going to say. How many receivers we have saw get off in a run-first offense simply because every time the quarterback turn around and fake the ball in the belly, defense come in, quarterback tur- pulls his head up, wide open slant behind the backer. I'm just saying that's football. That's just that happens. It happens. He was not able to do that is all I'm telling you. He wasn't even able to do that. Reg, okay, cool. Tell me what he's doing now that makes you think that he's a top ten wide receiver in our game. Is all I'm asking you because you're telling me he done scored he done no. scored a bunch of touchdowns since he Hold got on. there. Well, I, like you I, said, a lot of that has to do with Cooper Cup. So I tell me why I should better. blame Baker when I, I haven't said, seen anything from Odell to make me do so. I said one of the better. That's all I said. I said. So I what still, is one of the better? What are you considering what are the, one of the better? What what number still is that? Can be somebody's number two receiver, maybe no. number one. Yeah. He, Okay, and, and no, I'm not saying he can't be nobody's number two. I'm okay. saying that was the Odell Beckham that hopped on that plane and went to Cleveland. That's no, not what he, he was. was in, he was in Cleveland three or four years, so yeah, he got older, Sid. Antonio he Brown. He wasn't is, that when he got there, Reg. He wasn't okay. that when he got in Cleveland. So in other, anyway, yeah, I don't yeah. know how we we're, got We'll talk about it offline. Really You're right. Like, I You're legit right. don't know how we got here. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Damn. So the last game we the last game we had talked about was it wasn't 49 rounds. It was I think it was. Oh, it was? Mm-hmm. 
No, it was Bengals Browns, correct? Yeah, that's how we got there. Okay. It was Bengals Browns who both took the Bengals. So the last one we got, which is the last game of the weekend, Sunday Night Football, the only game of Week 18, that is, if you win, you win. We got the uh, Los Angeles Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's amazing to me that Las Vegas even finds themselves in this position. 100%. Like, everything that that team is going through this season – and I'm talking about on the field and off the yeah. field because you look yeah. at on the field and you're like, shit, we ain't seen Darren Waller in like eight That's weeks. For real. <laughs> you, they, lost Hen- uh, they lost Henry Ruggs because of what he was doing off the field. They had to get rid of uh, another cornerback for threatening people online. You had to get rid of John Gruden because of what he was doing in emails. Like, it's so much that's going on with this team. It seems like the only consistent has been Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby. Like, those three guys have been the staple of this team, and they mm-hmm. find themselves in a position to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the Chargers are a team who, looking at them at the beginning of the season, you say, man, they already have their, their position locked up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they've had weeks to where they've come out and – and played as less um, as a less team as what they actually are. So now they find themselves on the road here. How do you see this playing out? We got Vegas uh, plus three in this game. I think Vegas lay an egg. I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, to me, I just don't like them in pressure situations. Um, now, by all means, can they compete with the Chargers? Sure enough, they can. Right? Uh, we know both teams are led by their quarterback. Uh, both defenses are hit or miss. At the end of the day, I just like what the Chargers have going on offensively a little bit more. To me, they're a little bit more consistent. They're a little bit more tough and rugged. Um, And I just think even if it turns into a shootout, I roll with the Chargers over the Raiders. And that's really all that it comes down to. That's it at the end of the day. 100%. I'm right there with you. I trust the Chargers more than I trust the Raiders. Um, When you look at uh, those those rosters, the offense and the defense, you're going to take the charges every time. You're going to say, mm-hmm. oh, I prefer that offense, I prefer that defense. Yeah. Um, I think the charges come in uh, with the mindset of we're going to win this game, we're going to go to the playoffs, and they're they going to be able to dominate this game fairly well. I would like to see the Raiders just be aggressive this game. Like, we know they all their decisions not to go forward on fourth down, and you know I'm against that just about more than anybody <laughs> in yeah. football. But most of the situations is like, bro, go for it. Like, it makes all the sense. And they always play conservative. So I would like to see them let their head down, man, and uh, just be a little bit more aggressive this game. And they actually have no choice, man. It's, it's one to go home right now. So uh, oh, they should be more aggressive this game. Uh, and you forget that they don't have a head coach, you know, per se, at yeah. this at this point since they had to fire John Gruden. But uh, – yeah, we, we're on the same side of the coin on that one. We definitely got the charges being able to, to get into the playoffs. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league. If you listen close, I'm coaching, say keys. Cause a boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about line so. Every time I do it, do it the coldest. 